1077 The Franchise is your flagship for Oklahoma sports. So we decided to launch a podcast with the very best names in Oklahoma sports media to cover it. When they said no, we called in some interns. Thank goodness John changed his mind before we did something stupid. This is Inside OU with John Hoover on the Franchise Podcast Network. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the Inside OU Podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network. For those watching, I'll look at the camera and say this. I am Brady Trantham, and to my left is Mr. John Hoover, who is fresh off from Lincoln Riley's, uh, what is today, Friday Media Availability. Friday Media, August 9th. Um, Tomorrow's my wedding anniversary. My son moves into uh, college tomorrow. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, And here I am covering the Sooners (laughs) for you guys. So... Yeah, it's, um, I guess, wow, anniversary, sun's moving in. Get all this stuff done now because it's about to be hectic for you for the next three to four months. No, that's exactly right. I look forward to it. Um, so, yeah, Lincoln Riley uh, confirmed today uh, a couple of things. One, one obviously, is the big news. Trey Norwood out for the season. He didn't clarify exactly what the injury was, but he did say that it's a, um, it was a freak injury, non-contact injury. Not a freak like, uh, oh, my gosh, you know, a meteor fell from the sky or something like that, but a non-contact injury. Um, you don't something you don't expect to happen. So that's uh, that's something. And then the other thing we confirmed is that Creed Humphrey will start at center. Yeah, I saw that exchange on Twitter. To <laughs> Bill Beatonville. Shout, yeah. shout out to our boy Keegan <laughs> Renault, who does a really uh, great job on Sooners Wire for USA Today. Guess he was the guy who asked the question, and uh, like he said on Twitter, that he was pretty shook at uh, yeah. Bill Beatonville's answer of like, oh. You think Creed has a job. Oh, you think Creed has a job already? <laughs> and, you, you're locking him in? Yeah, and, me too. And it's just, just like I told you. It's like, yeah, he's a first-round draft pick. If, yeah. you, if he decided to come out and he's healthy this year, he's probably a first-round draft pick. Yep. So um, of all the guys, of all the position battles going on, center is not one of them. But, yeah, with the Trey Norwood news, mm-hmm. John, and it was finally, like you said, it was finally confirmed today. It's been reported for the last, I feel like the last week, it's mm-hmm. been kind of a kind of a looming cloud over the football program. Uh, Trey Norwood, of course, is a guy who started a lot of games for Oklahoma uh, last year, finished off the year at safety. He had the game-clinching interception against Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, But a lot of Sooner fans, they're going to remember him as a guy that, I mean, there's no other way to say it, would have his head turn the opposite direction of the ball and not play it. And I mean, that's a symptom of the entire OU defense Mm -hmm. and the entire secondary. So it's I guess it's unfair to pin it all on Trey Norwood, but yeah, it was um, not. It was not solely exclusive. Yeah, to him, bad this, coverage this was, was not a Trey Norwood. They probably it got to a point last year they could have put Ed Reed back there and he probably <laughs> would have made the same mistake. So what you doing, Ed? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be something that it, it's it's a depth injury mm-hmm. um, at the very least. Uh, I mean, of course, OU Alec Gr- um, Alex Grinch. They're looking for guys to make plays. They're looking for guys to step up. Uh, this offseason, and you don't want a depth guy to get hurt, let alone he was a starter because he was the guy who who OU sent out um, at media day to talk to you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he started the last two games last year at Nickelback, Um, the the Texas game, the Big 12 championship, and then also the uh, bowl game against uh, Alabama. So he had been penciled in as the starter. He was coming back kind of to defend his position as the starting Nickelback, uh, which, of course, does not mean that he would not have played corner if uh, Parnell Motley or Trey Brown start struggling mightily at corner. You know, you've got a guy in Norwood who was capable of lending some depth at corner as well. He played 10 games there, or 12 games there last year, started all 12. I think he'd started 19 games in a row. 
it's a, it's a hit for the OU secondary for sure because of his experience. And that's ironically, I mean, I posted a video. You can check it out, thefranchiseok.com, um, of Trey Norwood talking about all the depth that they have and guys who have been like this, guys who have been up and down and up and down in their careers. He was one of those guys. And he was looking forward to uh, – you know, I hate that a kid gets hurt like that. Uh, he was looking forward to a great season of, okay, this is my job now. I've got a new defensive coordinator. I've got a kind of new position. And uh, people are counting on me, and then this happens. So uh, now we got to find out who his uh, who his backups are, and I think we've pretty much identified those guys. Yeah, um, Buki Radley Hiles, of course, talked to the media during the week uh, this a few days ago, um, and I've got to say, maybe it's just because um, <laughs> I've just been so everyone's ready for OU's defense to show some type of a pulse. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to happen, it's going to be because highly touted recruits like a, like a Buki Radley Hiles, who is one of the most sought after recruits coming out of high school. Yeah. It's because those guys hit and um, it's easy to say the right things in the off season. It's, it's easy to say that um, last year was nothing. That was just nothing but lessons learned. Right. Uh, Buki said those things. And I've got to say, you got, you come away impressed from, from the kid because like I said, he was highly touted. He had a huge spotlight on him, and he disappointed a lot. He disappointed. He did not live up to his five-star potential, you know, or, or maybe five-star billing uh, as a true freshman. You, you walk out there as a five-star, and you're starting as a true freshman. You're like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, that's me. I'm all that. And he wasn't. He wasn't all that. He struggled in coverage. He struggled. had the hammer out there. <laughs> yeah, he struggled in, in, uh, with, with everything except knocking guys backwards. He struggled with everything except delivering punishing blows. And, of course, when you're 5'9", 170, or I guess 180, 185 now, um, he, uh, when, when you lay that much lumber to somebody, you're going to possibly hurt yourself. And he did that a couple of times last year, fought through a bad shoulder all year long. So uh, he's a guy I think that they're going to they're gonna hope is that five-star guy this year. But if he's not, if he goes through struggles again, very confident kid. Very, you know, he knows, seems to know what's going on in uh, Alex Grinch's new system. But if he struggles, that's when you've lost Trey Norwood now at that spot. Now you, you, you can't trust Buki Radley Haas. What do you do if, for a third-string guy? Yeah, and that's when it's going to come down to some of these uh, highly recruited guys yep. um, in the secondary that are true freshmen this year. Um, we kind of talked about in the last episode, in our first episode, about mm-hmm. how if these older, if these upperclassmen are able to at least be solid to average, average to solid, I should say. Mm-hmm. Then it gives guys like um, Cradell, um, Davis, it gives them a little bit more room to learn the system, to learn how to actually be a football player at the University of Oklahoma. Because, right. I mean, it's easy to get used to it when you're playing each other. It's a different story when 90,000 people are watching you, as we've seen in the past. So um, now the spotlight's going to be on some of these young guys because not necessarily to grab any starting positions, but you just still need that competition. And Alex Grinch has talked about that. It seems like every time he talks to the media, that competition is so important. And now, like the spotlight, like I said, is on these freshmen. Yeah, uh, one of those freshmen is uh, Woody Washington. He's gotten a lot of run in uh, you know post-game, uh, post-practice press conferences and things like that. Yes, players, yes, coaches. Woody's name keeps coming up, came up again today. Uh, Lincoln Riley said uh, Woody's been doing a good job. Might be one of those guys as a freshman that comes in and plays. Um, here's the thing. Alex Grinch smart enough to know what to do in a pinch. He's going to – you know, people are worried about this position or strong safety or corner or what. He's going to put the best five guys out there. And if that means Patrick Fields, if that means Justin Broyles, if that means uh, Chance Sylvie, um, who, by the way, you know, coming back again, 
Lincoln Riley talked about him today. Chance Sylvie's having a good camp. Chance Sylvie's a guy that they're counting on to, to not only provide depth but come in the game and make plays. There are guys who might be playing a position right now that might not be playing that position come September 1st. Simple as that. That's the way this secondary is, has been for the last three years. They've been lifted up and they've been beaten down. They've been lifted up and they've been beaten down. Now they've got a new guy in here who's got a clean slate in Alex Grinch, in Roy Manning, in Brian Odom, the linebackers coach. You know, you look around and you're like, hey, really, literally anybody can play. It's a clean slate and anybody is capable, especially guys who have played, anybody's capable of coming in and doing something. Yeah, and about that clean slate, I mean, you would have to think that these upperclassmen that have been here for, for some years, um, Parnell Motley, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess you can put in Trey Brown, even though he started, what, half the year, the, yep. the latter half of the year last year. And so in he's some... junior already. Yeah, in some, but in some respects, he, he's... He's not that experienced in terms of on the field as a starting cornerback um, in the secondary. But you would think for some of these upperclassmen, because it's such a clean slate, because mm-hmm. there's a new defensive coaching staff, they have to have it because there's no coach that's known you since you know you were a 17-year-old junior or senior in high school that's going to ride with you if you make a mistake or two. Now you would have to think – uh, you make a mistake if you're a Parnell, Mar- uh, Parnell Motley, excuse mm-hmm. me. Alex Grinch can just say, nope, you don't have it today. You're out. Yeah. And so there's going to be that much more, I guess, good, nice competitive juice around the secondary. And, right. But, you know, and that's I, good. But at the same time, um, Mike Stoops made a habit out of that. And that's what I was saying about beating guys down. You know, if you, you bust a coverage or you bust two coverages, you're going to sit over here with me. You know, guys are looking over their shoulder. Guys are not playing freely. I think Alex Grinch is going to trust what he sees. You know, he's going to trust his eyes in practice. He's going to trust the the guys who have played. He's going to trust the reps. He's going to trust the film. And if somebody makes a mistake, I, you know, talking to guys at Media Day last week, they're like, yeah, if somebody makes a mistake, we just move past it. We learn from our one mistake and we go on. We don't beat ourselves up. We don't get down on ourselves. I think that's a big difference for this team this year. Yeah, but you know, I'll ask you this question because – since we already penciled in Buki Radley Hiles as the starting nickelback in place of Trey Norwood, does it get to a point where the defensive secondary, the secondary is just too small? <laughs> yeah. it, it, I guess we kind of touched on this in the last episode. So apologies for our listeners. Um, if I'm repeating myself, but this is just something that we're going to have to keep coming back to when OU is playing bigger, more physical receivers. I mean, Trey Brown, who's probably OU's best guy in the secondary right now. He's still what? five ten, five eleven. If we're being nice, Mm-hmm. Uh, Buki, we all know how small, and, and we all know how small he is. Yep. Parnell Motley, while he's he's got some good length, he's still on the skinny side. It, it's like the secondary, just physically, it's not there. And I'm just curious, guys like Parnell and Buki can hit um, in terms of them having success on the field, not necessarily physically, but they can hit in terms of having success on the field. But it just it's going to get to a point where they're just too darn small. <laughs> well, it's yeah, size is going to be a, a hindrance. Um, you know, you bring in Jaden Davis, he's 5'10", 171. Uh, another guy, uh, Jeremiah Cordell's 5'11", 199. You know, Jamal Morris stands out as a safety, 6'2", 192, but he's not, uh, he's not a guy that's uh, you know, stood out this camp so far. Uh, but then the guy I talked about, Woody Washington, 5'11", 182. Small guys. 
I mean, you need that in the Big 12 because it's not just a bunch of six foot three, six foot four yeah, guys on the outside right. um, going, you know, just running a go route on you. Um, you have that with Texas. You you've had that with Iowa State in mm-hmm. the past. Um, a lot of the receivers in this conference, you know, they're they're smaller, they're quicker, they're more agile. So you right. need smaller guys like. Uh, like a Jaden Davis, like a Buki Radley Hiles. You need guys that have that frame and that center of gravity. But um, I guess as we move forward now past Trey Norwood's injury, and that's an official thing, um, it's just going to come down to uh, Alex Grinch and his ability to communicate and overall coach the secondary. And like you said, maybe not harp on a guy so much, maybe not um, – I mean, I hate to say shame a player mm-hmm. – in public, I don't think that's going to happen. This with the new new regime, I think well, that's one thing that Lincoln has kind of legislated out because of where they've been in the past. Player coach friendly, yeah. More, okay. Because my question to you is then, where is the where is that line? Where is that line between uh, holding players accountable but not? But not holding them accountable. Dude, if I knew where that line was, I'd be making a million point two as a defensive coordinator at OU, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's one of Alex Grinch's jobs. He's got to find that. He's got to find that boundary for each player, and each player's different. You, you know, you you motivate a guy. Um, you, some guys need a pat on the back. Some guys need a kick in the butt. It's it's been that way with football for a long time, or at least a couple of generations. And I imagine with the youngest, the newest generation, that's it's probably more guys. There, there are more guys who need who have different needs from their coach, from their coaching staff. So um, his job, he's getting paid a lot, 1.2, I think, to, uh, to to figure it out. That's more than I make. Me and you both. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess one more thing on Trey Norwood. I mean, because I wasn't there in the scrum, but did, did Lincoln have anything else to say? Not necessarily about Trey Norwood, but kind of their overall mentality, just uh, um, I, the mood, the vibe are on the field. Because while Trey Norwood has disappointed, I mean, he's still a guy that's been there for some time. Yeah. There's so much work to do on this defense. Uh, it really is. And, it, and this came up, I don't know, five times at media day. The next man up mentality. It's such a cliche. Everybody says it. But when they're, when you're 129th in pass coverage, you know, and a guy goes down, <laughs> you don't have time to mourn. You got, you, if you're a player, you've got to say, Coach, I'm ready. I, I'm sorry, Parnell. Or, you know, Parnell, Parnell Motley is the other corner. Uh, I'm sorry, Trey Norwood, but, uh, you know, i got to get in there and play. That's the way guys are taking this thing. It's – you know, not to be callous, you know, he'll be okay. If it's a, if it's an ACL or whatever it is, Lincoln Riley, again, unclear with us what the, exactly the injury was. We think it's an ACL, uh, especially with the non-contact description he gave us today. Um, he'll be back. My, my daughter played soccer, and she got her scholarship and to go to college and tore ACL, and the coach said, you got nothing to worry about, nothing at all to worry about. And she was back on the field playing games in four and a half months. Four and a half months with an ACL playing soccer. I, I know it wasn't an ACL, but you remember Blake Griffin his sophomore year when he um, – oh, it was an MCL – like it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was worse than a sprain, and I remember thinking, oh, he's got, he's out for a month. There yeah. goes oh, he's back. There back. goes their, oh, their season. He was had, literally back that next Thursday. Had a, two, <laughs> had a surgery, right? He had the, the little snip-snip, cleaned it up, and then went back on the, on the floor. Insane. He, he's unnatural. Yeah. He reminds me of Adrian Peterson. Adrian had all kinds of – uh, the second two years, even the even the first year when he was at OU. Oh yeah, A and M, where he separated his separated shoulder, his shoulder, took his pads off, and mm-hmm. he came back and had a huge run for a first down. Yeah. At that point in the game, it was really important. I remember that You've one. You've got a great memory. He iced the game. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I guess as a writer, you kind of have to. <laughs> no, I guess uh, flipping to the other side of the of the football with the offense. I asked you last week, John. I'll ask you again. Lincoln Riley named starter quarterback. Not today. <laughs> I, I predicted August nineteenth. 
if you look at the interview dates and who's who's up to speak, uh, one of the guys that's or one of the, the you know every it's offense one day, defense the next day. Well, on that day, Lincoln Riley has a scheduled media scrum. Okay, probably it'll be a press conference type of thing, and the defense is up to go that day. The offensive players and coaches won't be made available until the next day. So August nineteenth fits perfectly with that. Yeah, you know because you don't want. Okay, we're going to name a starter, guys. Here's who we're naming the starter. Now the media is going to ask you 100 questions about it. See ya. Have you just finally decoded Lincoln Riley? Maybe. Wow. Maybe. I mean, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. His other other days that he's named a starter were August 20th and August 22nd. Makes sense. Yeah. That's so this will this will be August 19th. Probably the same time. Probably frame. good prediction. Um, well, I'll ask you this. Have you heard the same whispers I've heard about Spencer Rattler? Because like we can talk about Jalen Hurts all we want. I mean, I think between the two of us, I think it's probably fair to say that we both believe Jalen Hurts is the guy, at least game one, and probably for the entirety of the year, unless he just absolutely fails and, or God forbid, he gets hurt. So, um, I mean, there are factors, but I've some people I've talked to, um, some people that I trust, um, I've heard some excitement and some hype around Spencer Rattler and even something is that I consider kind of silly that Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback on the team and that that these people wouldn't be surprised if Spencer Rattler starts at some point this year I'm just curious if you've heard yeah. the if you've heard that and I have then heard that. where does that rank on your that's crazy talk that's meter. exactly what I've heard as well uh because he's such a dynamic playmaker um I wouldn't be surprised if he plays more than the four games as a red shirt, you know? Yeah, and, you know, I, I want to hear some more of your answer because there is a thought on that, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that later, but just keep going. Okay. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays – if he's like the backup quarterback this year, obviously, uh, because he's such a dynamic playmaker. They're going to build the program around him for the next three years. So, having said all that, um, it would not surprise me. It, it, would, it would shock me if Jalen Hurts is not the starter to start the season – but, and it would shock me if Jalen Hurts is not the starter all season because of his accomplishments and his abilities. But Spencer Rattler would not surprise me in the least, in the least, if he uh, is able to get on the field with great regularity, with games not necessarily on the line, but maybe, you know, third quarter in the Cotton Bowl, he give, comes in and gets a series. Um, you know, t- tough game at TCU. Say they're Sooners are up 14. They're trying to salt the game away. Here comes Rattler to come in and run a, a draw play or something like that. Yeah. Um, look, I think both of these things can exist at the same time. I think you can say that Jalen Hurts um, is going to be the starter yep. and that he's talented. And we've seen him um, win in big games against big opponents in big time environments. Um, that can exist along with, hey, Spencer Rattler is probably a more gifted thrower of the football because we know what Jalen Hurts's limitations are at least from the film that we have of him at Alabama and yes he ultimately got benched for Tua Tagovailoa so we know that Spencer Rattler can still be by far a a more gifted passer I just don't know if you want an 18 year old on a team that's I hate I hesitate to say maybe this is just the basketball mode in me still is in a win now situation when you bring in a a grad transfer at quarterback and Jalen hurts you're in win now mode and OU certainly has the talent on on the offensive end of the ball to uh, threaten for a playoff Um, 
I just feel like because of the hype that is around Spencer Rattler, I feel like that we're just kind of devolving into this thought process that Jalen Hurts is a game manager of a quarterback, and I'm sorry, but he isn't. He's not a game manager. He never was that type of quarterback at Alabama. He was limited, but he's not He's not Trent Dilfer. That's exactly right. He's a good football player, and beyond that, he's a good quarterback. Uh, and I think he's a really good quarterback. You know he got Heisman votes as a freshman? Yeah, he was the SEC player, SEC player, SEC player of the year. Of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a play or two away from winning a national championship, if not for Deshaun Watson. I mean, yep. I, I don't he, really remember that game. He, that. he ran the ball in to give his team the lead with a minute left. Yeah, he put he the Crimson Tide ahead, and then he – like Kurt Warner. And then he left the field, and the other team comes on and wins the game. With Kurt Warner standing over there in two different Super Bowls if going. Only, if only Alabama had a defense. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, no, I, I think just the – the situation that is, and I guess it's a manufactured quarterback battle because I think we, like I've said, Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. Um, I think that this conversation is bred because of the situation. Um, I guess whispers of Spencer Rattler being so much better. And look, I think he's going to be a, a really good quarterback. Yeah. Every time I've watched film of him and had maybe like a reservation or two about, well, I want to see him do this or I don't think he can do this, I always come away going, oh, that is a talented kid. Yeah. Um, long but, long term, he may be better, may be much better than, yeah. than what Jalen Hurts' ceiling is. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, but, you know, you did write a really nice piece on the FranchiseOK.com, which if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. It's uh, it's on the FranchiseOK.com, like I said. Um, but it really gives if you, you a – If you can't find it, just click on the Hoover tab. There you go. Simple as that. Um, all the archives. Um, <laughs> but it just really gives you a good picture of the type of grinder, leader, and teammate that Jalen Hurts is. And, and – I don't want to throw his teammates under the bus because I'm going to assume that they were specifically asked about Jalen Hurts. Now, mm-hmm. if they were asked about Tanner Mordecai yeah. or even Spencer Rattler, I'm sure they'd have glowing things to say about them because they are they are their quarterbacks, they are, they are teammates. Right. But you really get the sense that you really get this sense that Jalen Hurts is just special in terms of his leadership. Maybe he doesn't have it all that you need out of a Lincoln Riley offense as a thrower, as a passer, but he seems to have that edge that maybe a Baker Mayfield had that maybe a Kyler Murray had in terms of players gravitate towards him and players respect him and when you get into tight games at Texas when you get into tight tight games in the Big 12 on the road you need that leadership that's exactly right I could have said it better myself his leadership ability and that magnetism of being the starting quarterback at Alabama at at at, uh, OU at where's he from Channel View uh Jalen he's Houston Houston Channel I thought it was Channel View yeah um yeah, I'm going to have to check my memory now. He always wears, like, Astros hats. Right, <laughs> but, but he is a guy that has that special quality, that special uh, leadership quality that, that guys, like you said, gravitate to. Um, and not only that, but he puts with it the mentality of a coach's son. And not only that, but he puts with it the mentality of a blue-collar work ethic. Like, I'm talking, like you said, gritty, grinder, a guy who's going to call you up and say, I need to get some work in, will you – you know, receivers, will you come out and work with me? Uh, he's, you know, guys really respect that. And then that, that video of him uh, squatting 570 pounds, I'm telling you, that was damn impressive, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Off, they're, they're lifting weights <laughs> the off season in summer. Like, oh, my God, they're lifting weights now. Yeah. Um, but, but no. F- it, have you ever seen a quarterback? Have you ever seen anybody squat 570? And can you even think of a quarterback who would be capable of doing that? 
I don't think Cam Newton's that strong. Maybe Tim Tebow, but I don't think he's that strong. Well, Tim Tebow can walk on water, John. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> he if doesn't he, need a bench know press <laughs> or squat anything. He just, he just looks at it and it moves. <laughs> um, no, but that going back to that thought that I had that I wanted to table, I wanted to bring it up now because I'm, I'm wondering if you've had this thought swim through your head too. Because we've seen when Lincoln Riley has an offense and he's got a quarterback room that includes more than one very capable and talented player. He's got that right now. He's got a, ta- a specific talent in Jalen Hurts. And, again, I don't want to crap on Tanner Mordecai, but he's got another special talent in Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. When we've seen Lincoln Riley in an offense like that, we've seen packages where, um, with Baker Mayfield as a starter, Kyler Murray would come in for a play or two just as a wrinkle. We saw that in the Ohio State game. We saw that in the Rose Bowl. We might have I can't remember if we saw it in another game exclusively because I think outside of those two examples, Kyler just came in and during yep. garbage time. But I'm, I, could, I can just see it. I can see third or fourth play of the Cotton Bowl against Texas. You've got Jalen Hurts in the shotgun and Spencer Rattler. And then depending on who gets it, Dick takes the play. But uh, Spencer Rattler, of course, has some athleticism. I don't know how game fast he is in D1 football just yet. But if Jalen gets the snap, it can af- it could effectively effectively be a wildcat. If Spencer Rattler gets it, you've got a guy that's capable of just spinning it um, 20, 30 yards downfield to any one of OU's very capable receivers. I'm just curious if you've had that package swim through your head. Mm, the two of them together? No. Yeah, maybe I don't, I don't think Lincoln Riley. Uh, I'm starved for foot. Like I'm starved for football. I've been watching like games from the '90s, so like yeah. I'm just maybe I'm just been by myself too. Well, long. You could have watched Kyler and Baker play last night. Yeah, um, yeah. I was that was actually going to be the topic that we'd finish off with okay. today. Yeah. So, but um, no, like because you said earlier that you don't think that Spencer's just going to be re- uh, relegated to the okay. You're only playing four games, so mm-hmm. we could redshirt you. He's too good to just say we're going to redshirt you that's what it looks like early days in practice yeah yeah um but because of that i'm just i'm trying to think of ways because lincoln has shown if you're talented he'll get you onto the field he doesn't care if someone's been there for three or four years if you're talented he'll get he'll figure out a way and i I don't know maybe it's just because i want to see spencer rattler but at the same time i do have a tremendous amount of respect for jalen hurts um i agree with everything you said (sighs) Are you, are you thinking Rattler's going to play, is going to take reps from Jalen Hurts? Is that where you're going with this? I mean, call it what you want, because in the Ohio State example, Baker Mayfield had an injury, and I'm like, for those that aren't watching the video, I'm, I'm doing the air quotes. Air quotes. He, had an air, he had an injury, and then the camera happened to zoom in on his face, and he smiled really yeah. hard. And then we see Kyler Murray out there, and then Baker comes back out like, oh, everything's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I just have to think with as much as we're hearing about Spencer Rattler, Lincoln's going to figure out a way to get him out there in some type of it's it's not even trickery I mean it's it's gamesmanship but you've got to get your talent out there and it just seems like that we're heading into that direction yeah I I, I'm not of the school of thought that he's going to take reps from Jalen in terms of you know hey we need Spencer Rattler specifically to do this because he's better at this package than Jalen is I, I do think that uh, they will design a package for him, um, with especially with the idea that he's young, he's a true freshman, he just got here. You know, he's only been here for a month. Um, I, I think that on the whole, yeah, um, he's going to play. He's going to play a lot, but it's going to be a very designated and and specific thing. I would think. I don't think Lincoln is of the mindset that. 
let's get creative with our future quarterback. <laughs> no, I, I guess at the very least of what we see of Spencer Rattler, if we see him this year, I mean, for all we know, we, we, we may not. Um, but for if we get to see him, I don't think it's just going to be relegated to, okay, it's garbage time, throw him yeah. out there. No, I, I, I think that. there's going to be something more. And mm-hmm. what that is, I don't know. I'm just trying to throw crazy stuff right. out there. But I, I know you don't have that much time. you got to get back to uh, the station or Tulsa. Tulsa, yeah. We're doing they, the show in uh... – I'm starting to think maybe I should just go to up to Oklahoma City and uh, do the show from studio tonight. What do you think? I mean, would Chisholm and Colby just be like, oh, my God, you're here? Yeah, they would do that. <laughs> that's that's pretty frequent. You're, you exist. You're not a disembodied voice. Right. Um, no, yeah, so tune into The Drive from 6 to 8, Monday through Friday. It's always good stuff. And, uh, John, you do a short drive video, which is awesome. I, I love it. Um, yeah, check that out on the franchiseok.com, John's uh, YouTube channel. But, yeah, before we get out of here, uh, there was some football, OU football news yeah. in the professional ranks last night with uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Murray. Both only had one drive. I watched both of those drives. At the same time? Uh, no, back to back. I was about to say. I was really invested last night. I watched two drives. There you go. Um, we didn't learn that much from Kyler. but I we disagree. Okay, I disagree. Well, okay, let me hear your take first. Okay. Um, Cliff Kingsbury didn't know he, he's, you can see it out there on the practice field. And when they have those scrimmages, you can see things you can think you identify things, but when you put them in the stadium and the lights come on and it's prime time and it's a national television audience and the defensive ends who are on the other side, I know they weren't the starters for the chargers, but they're trying to win a job. Those defensive ends are trying to win a job and they're trying to take his head off and he's 5'10, 190, 205, whatever he is. And they're trying to knock the hell out of Kyler Murray. And they were incapable of doing that in one drive. And you want to see what, you know, it was a perfect situation for, for Cliff Kingsbury to evaluate. Kyler Murray's very first snap in the NFL, preseason or not, was backed up to the two-yard line. But with it, he took the snap while he was standing in the other team's end zone. He, what did he do? He dropped back one, two, three, threw a timing route on the sideline. Perfect throw, tight spiral. Decent coverage, but the throw was there before the coverage was. I think Cliff Kingsbury walks away from this going, okay, I'm good. I, I, all the stuff that I thought I saw in college, thought I saw in high school, thought I saw in training camp, it's, it's correct. Kyler Murray's ready for the NFL. Yeah. I don't I, think it's, the moment was too big for him is what I'm no, saying. No, 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 no. Like, maybe it's because I expected that. Because from what we've seen from Kyler Murray his entire career, um, he's never looked – he, he's never looked scared. He's looked uncomfortable. Poise he's looked composure. uncomfortable twice. Yeah. He looked uncomfortable in the middle of the tech, the first Texas game last right. year, yep. and the very beginning of Alabama because That's I exactly think it, right. I think it was just an absolute culture shock of <laughs> oh my god. Hey, this ain't the Big Twelve anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hollywood Browns hurt. Our offense is kind of shot, and uh, I don't know what to do. But you know, overall, I wasn't expecting Kyler to look scared. If he was, if he looked like trying to think of a rookie quarterback that just looked way in over his head um not daniel jones not daniel jones which uh new york fans are just like when they booed chris stats porzingis they might be eating crow again um (laughs) ohio state the kid from ohio state uh Uh, troy smith no 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 this this year oh dwayne haskins dwayne haskins okay yeah just brain fart um he looked a little out of his element yesterday yeah that that is true um but yeah with kyler um I guess what I was looking for was just, and you know, another shout out to our boy Keegan Renault because he was kind of all over it on Twitter, and I, I have to agree with him. Um, we didn't see a lot of read pre-snap read. We didn't see a lot of him like looking off receivers. But at the same time, I don't know how much of that you're going to even be looking for in mm-hmm. his debut. Right. Um, so I would just say what we knew of Kyler, I think we saw it. Yeah. 
Um, we're going to see more, of course. But outside of that, we've got uh, Baker Mayfield, who had uh, the drive of the preseason, yeah, <laughs> of the much. very early preseason. Uh, what was he, five of six? Five of six. Uh, Kyler was six of seven. Yeah, so Lincoln Riley can teach a quarterback, right? Um, <laughs> this just reinforces, I mean, people, the NFL draft people are going to come after Jalen Hurts next year because of what Kyler's doing, because of what Baker's doing. They're so efficient. Uh, Baker comes out run, running a, a hurry-up offense. Uh, th- I think he threw his first one incomplete, and then he, he finishes off five for five, including the touchdown drive. You can tell that offense that Freddie Kitchens ran out there was scripted, was, here, you guys, here are the plays we're going to run. Here's what defense we think they're going to come out in. If they come out in something different, we're still going to run these plays. You talk about command of the offense. Baker knew exactly what to do. And then he got off the field and had a little party at the on the sideline. Yeah, it was over. Uh, yeah, no OBJ for Cleveland. Yeah, all um, backups. Yeah, and no Jarvis Landry, of course. It, it's going to be – I mean, this is just an absolute – I mean, it's easy to say. It's an absolute different era for Oklahoma football because Oklahoma football, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. um, early – the late 90s, early 2000s, OU was just – it was a college power. And they might occasionally have – I mean, they had Kelly Gregg, our – very young Kelly Gregg from the uh, franchise in the league forever. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a school that you would say that's just loaded with NFL talent, right. like guys mainstays in the league. And up until about, you know, maybe Adrian Peterson, like it's really flipped the script, but now it's like at a completely different le- level. And just, you've got to think recruiting is going to be off the charts just because they can sell that product so easily. But like you said with Jalen Hurts, you know, Jalen does like, if he starts the entire year, OU wins 10, 11 games, uh, in the regular season goes to a uh, conference title. Jalen doesn't even have to be a Heisman candidate. He doesn't have to go to New York. Guys are still going to think yeah. twice about Jalen Hurts, maybe than what they did uh, last year when he was at Alabama about his pro prospects. That's exactly right. And uh, Lincoln said today that Baker was off the field before he could even get to the TV. That's how quick that was. <laughs> uh, and then he said he saw Kyler's drive, and he, he didn't uh, talk to either guy last night, he said, but he talks with them or, or texts with them uh, at least once a week. And he, he couldn't be more proud of their, you know, continued progression, their evol- evolution uh, into the NFL. And he said it absolutely, absolutely is a massive recruiting tool. When you can show guys, not only did I produce the Heisman Trophy winner, not only did I produce the number one overall draft pick, and they're making $30, $40 million a year uh, the first, in their first contract, but, that, but they're good at what they do. Baker was almost rookie of the year. Kyler showed in his first game that the NFL certainly not too big for him, that he's poised for success. So uh, very exciting times, I'm sure, for, uh, for Lincoln Riley in the recruiting process. Yeah, I meant to, I meant to double-check and see who that defensive end was that crashed down on Kyler Murray, and then Kyler just ran right <laughs> around him. I'm just curious. I'm just betting, like, he probably thought, oh, my God. You know what Lincoln said? <laughs> he said uh, that, that play, he gets out of there, spins out, throws the ball uh, on the run. Just remarkable play. Lincoln said today, hmm, seen that before. <laughs> Certainly has. OU fans are they're going to miss that, but of course Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts has some talent, and uh, you know we're still a few more weeks away from uh, OU's first game with Houston. But John, I know you're busy and you need to get out of here, so I'll let you get out of here. So thank you so much for uh, coming down to uh, Norman, and then also shout out to um, we're in a we're in a much better location yeah. than my uh, than my vehicle. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Blue in Norman. It's my uh, favorite watering hole. I came here a lot during college. And uh, on an unrelated note, I don't remember a lot of college. So uh, thank you so much for uh, to Blue for letting us record here. We might have to do this a few more times Absolutely. here. And, uh, John, uh, any more final thoughts before we get out of here? And then my last little uh, announcement about the podcast. 
Oh, I can't wait to hear your announcement about the podcast. Uh, I don't know. Check I know. We haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> not, not so much. Uh, my uh, YouTube channel is going to have videos of Lincoln Riley, Bill Biedenboe. They came in today. Uh, check that out. Find me, uh, John Hoover, on YouTube. And uh, just listen to the drive tonight, 6 to 8. Yeah. Um, so um, with the announcement, um, I'll, I'll tease it a little bit. And as we get closer to Monday, um, it'll probably people will know more and more about it. But um, we will have more than a uh, featured guest, probably the third horseman of this uh, <laughs> of this uh, adventure that we're doing with the Inside OU podcast uh, that we're both very excited about. And I can tell you guys, you're going to be very excited to hear who it is. Um, who um, who's going to be joining us in a lot of segments, a lot of uh, episodes moving forward as we get closer to football season. Somebody that's plugged into the program, um, uh, probably even more so than uh, John is, and John is the guy for OU football, as you all know. Um, but So we're excited about that. So I'm just here for the hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> so hopefully everybody um, um, subscribe, um, subscribe to the podcast. We've got a lot of good traction early on. And a shout out to the franchise for the Franchise Podcast Network, which um, if you've been living under a rock for the last week, we've got, in addition to Inside OU, we've got my other podcast, OKC82, for all your Thunder stuff. Um, Chisholm Holland, Colby Powell, um, Andrew Gillen do all in for your sports betting, sports gambling needs. Uh, first episode is already up. It's really, really good. And Sam Mays, the uh, popular guy in the market, has his own podcast, Unfiltered, Raw, and Uncut. And I know a lot of people are excited about that. And then, of course, I got to say it. No, Jerry Ramsey has a podcast too. So, but um, but yes, Jerry uh, has a podcast. I know. Had to do. They'll it. give anybody a podcast. These it was days. it was in the contract. If the French, if the podcast network was going to exist, I had to give Jerry something. So, oh well. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Subscribe to all the podcasts. They're all free. Great content. Don't, don't subscribe to Jerry's. <laughs> We're all very excited about everything moving forward. And uh, everybody, uh, thank you to uh, for subscribing and listening to the Inside OU podcast. We're excited about it. And until next time, which will probably be Monday without John, but with that new. Uh, uh, host to the podcast. Uh, we will talk to you then, but everybody, have a great day. Listen to Brady Trantham Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Listen to John Hoover weekdays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at John E. Hoover. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.